0: Morning, Lake House Church. <laughs> this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. In it. There's the voice calling out in the wilderness. <laughs> this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice That's right. I hope you remember this when you wake up in the morning that you have a choice. A choice to whether we're gonna choose to 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 see God in every situation or look at man in every situation before I get started um, I want to lead us just in a quick prayer I want to pray for our our pays uh, apprentices that are down in San Antonio pretty much the entire team is down there now they're from all over that are going to be serving um, in all states uh, not only here in Texas Florida Colorado um, other various states but God has really placed on my heart that we as a church need to be praying for them every day. Every day. It's almost, it, it's almost a, I feel like the more that we're praying, the more they're receiving. And I really feel this is very important as we as a congregation to, to pray. So can we lift up those young men and women and all of the PAYS team that's in San Antonio today? Dear only Father, we thank you that we can come before you and we can come before you knowing that you work all things together. And we lift up right now the men and women that have flown in from all parts of the world for this year, this season, for this time that they are about to serve. We thank you, Lord God, as they're going through this training, that they are receiving so much more of you, that the word is becoming rhema word to them, that they are just eating every word that's coming in and feeding their spirit. And we just thank you, Lord God, for opening their eyes, for opening their hearts, that they will know that they serve a God that has no limits. And Lord, I thank you that as you are taking them back to all of their host churches, that that power, that energy, that excitement will infiltrate all of the ministries, Lord God. And I just thank you for revival to break forth, not only in the hearts of our youth, but in all of our hearts, Lord God. We seek after you more than anything else of this world. We seek after you more than wealth or fame or popularity. Father, we thank you that our hearts are drawn to you, and we thank you for all of those men and women that are down there right now. We speak a blessing over them. We speak safety over them. We thank you for protection. We bind the enemy in all ways over their lives and that ministry in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Please pray for them during the week, um, not just on Sundays. And let them know that you're praying for them also. Well, I'm actually starting a little series called The God of Second Chances. And uh, the PowerPoint was the really hard one for this whole thing. So do we have the PowerPoint to put up? Um, If any of y'all know... uh, (laughs) There's a, a, this is the title's called The God of Second Chances, and I remember when Mario first came out, and I loved Mario, I had to conquer that, I don't know if you can get the princess, and man, this is when we were first married, so this is going back about 20-something years, and uh, no kids, had a lot of spare time on my hands, (laughs) so I played this game, and I always knew that when you made the leap, you knew pretty much right away if you were going to make it to the other side or not. If any of you are gamers, you kind of knew, but wasn't it great? that when you had another life pop up and it started and the game kept going on. Well, this Week. Uh, I don't know if any of you have been watching the Olympics, um, but the Olympics to me are a fascinating, fascinating uh, sports uh, collection. Uh, I have a lot of comments. I think some of the sports shouldn't be in the Olympics. There's some that should. I don't know why horseshoes are not in the Olympics, but you know, if you can put a stick and a ribbon and run around and dance, and that's an Olympic event, there should be open to a lot of other things. I think in four years, I'm going to go for the badminton Olympian. In, uh, Rio de Janeiro because I'm, I'm I'm pretty bad at badminton, men but um, okay <laughs> but what was so fascinating this week is watching the swimming I mean I don't know if any of y'all have watched any of the Olympics but things were coming down to and they literally said 100th of a second and then there was a commercial that came on and it says one hundredth of a second. Do you know that that is faster than you blinking your eye or a bolt of lightning? And that's what it's coming down to. One hundredth of a second. Now what we don't see is all the hours, the years of preparation that those athletes have gone through. When we were sleeping in, they were getting up at 3, 4 in the morning to go and and practice, whether it was in gymnast or whether it was in swimming or or any of the events you're about to see. See, none of them just about two months ago decided, boy, wouldn't it be great to go to London and get a free trip and get some free uniforms? I think I'm going to try this it has been a goal of theirs for many many years they have been groomed and they've been trained for this and they're going out there and they're representing their country And man you know, you gotta imagine that emotions are running high you're representing the United States and you go out there and you do your very very best but if you come in second third or fourth just because of one one-hundredth of a second how many of those athletes Live the rest of their life thinking, if only I had a second chance. If only I could have redone that one over. My dive off would have been this or, or I would have done this a little differently or I, or I would have given a little bit more energy. I don't know where it would have came from but I would have just done it. How many of them live the rest of their life just thinking, I just wanted a second chance? Because all the years, it'd be like Dino and, and all the worship teams saying, I, I, I do want you to practice for two or three years and we're going to give you one worship service. And we're going to determine whether, wow, that was powerful or not just from that one. And all of a sudden they they hit a wrong note or they did this and, and all of a sudden they're thinking, oh, those years of practice for that one event. It's important that we understand that even in our lives, there are times where we wish we had a second chance. Maybe you're thinking, you know, if this situation would have just turned out a little differently, I wouldn't be here today. Maybe you're thinking, if I would have had a different degree in college, my life would be different. If I hadn't gotten involved with that one relationship, my life would be different. You know, if I hadn't started that one habit, maybe it wouldn't have dominated my life. But I want to tell you that we serve a God of second chances. I looked up in Webster's Dictionary what the word second means. And it's really deep, so you're going to have to hold on to this, okay? It means one that is next after the first. Okay? Now think about this. One that is next after the first. See, I told you it was going to be really deep, okay? So y'all got this. Do you understand what second is? There's not a quiz at the end, but y'all understand that second follows first. And I want to look at the spiritual significance of the number two because it does denote a difference. When we think about second... It means that there's a difference from the first. You see, if my, when we were packing things up for the move, I was finding some things that my kids have made and they're one of a kind. There isn't a second one of them. Even if they would have made the same object, they wouldn't be the same because they would have had to say, Dad, I made this one first, I made this one second, okay? So when there's one of something, it's incredibly unique. But the moment that there's two, they cannot be exactly the same. There is a difference. It's important, even if you meet people who are twins and identical twins, the first thing that they'll tell you is, I was born first, you see? I've never met a pair of twins, that both of them popped out at the same time. I don't even know if that's biologically possible, but there's always a first and then there's a second, okay? Sorry, I didn't mean to go there on some visual with you guys, but. But there's always a difference. One has to be first, the other has to be second. The number two is the first number that can be divided into itself. We even read in the Bible when the earth was lying in darkness, the second thing that God created was light. Do you all remember that in Genesis? In Genesis 1, verses 3 and 5, it talks about this. It says, Then God said, Let there be light. So there was light. And God saw the light was good. And so God separated the light from darkness. And God named the light day and the darkness he named night. So what we have after this occurrence is now there is a morning and there's an evening. There's a separation between the two. I also started looking up second throughout the rest of the Bible. We look at the second part of the Trinity. Jesus. He was perfect God and he was perfect man. There's two testaments to our Bible. There's the Old Testament. There's the New Testament. In fact, inside of us, there's two natures. I deal, my whole ministry dealing with the two natures. You see, we have a sin nature that we're born with And then we have a son nature, okay, you like that? A son nature who's Jesus Christ, the son of God that's come into our lives and is our spirit nature and those two natures are always fighting each other the one that wins is usually the one you're feeding okay so if you are feeding off of revenge and you're feeding off of bitterness and anger and resentment then guess what's gonna happen your sin nature is gonna take over and you're gonna say and do things that will feed that sin nature then there's our son nature our spirit nature and I encourage you every week, spend time in the Word of God. Pray. You know, there's sometimes when I'm, I'm counseling with somebody and I'll say, right now I want you to do the exact opposite of what you feel like doing. You know, sometimes you come and you say, oh, I'm so mad, Pastor Mark, I could just spit hot. And right now, that's not when you want me to say, well, let's just bless them and let's do a little bit. No, that's not what you want to hear. You want to hear how we can get revenge on this situation. And then all of a sudden I'll say, okay, let's do exactly the opposite of that. What is the opposite of cursing them? blessing them? What would be the opposite of taking revenge on them? Doing something possibly kind for them. But they don't deserve it. it That's exactly it. Because we're going to talk a little bit about mercy. You see, mercy is something that we throw around a lot in Christianese. Man, we have songs about mercy. We have uh, greeting cards about mercy. We, we, we use the word mercy, but I don't really think that we understand what mercy is. You see, mercy is means to extend help to the lowest or the most undeserving. It implies compassion instead of punishment even when justice deserved it. Man, I don't know about you, but there's sometimes I've been rolling along the highway at about 70, 75, and there's a highway patrolman, and all of a sudden, he gets somebody else and not me. I received mercy. Do you understand? Mercy. There's times when one of your professors could have just totally wiped you out and said, you know what, I'm going to give you the ability to make up some extra credit. Or your employer said, I'll let you redo this. That is mercy instead of receiving judgment. And we are very much into judgment into this society. Man, we want to just, boom, crucify him and be gone. But mercy is something that we have all received. You see, on our own works, our own deeds, we should be dead. Because we are born into sin. We can't work our way into heaven. But it was Jesus Christ on the cross that became mercy for us. Mercy stepped in and said, no, I will take this. You see, when you should have been punished, it was as if somebody walked up before the judge and said, punish me instead of them. Let them go free. And we don't comprehend that every day of our lives, what mercy actually did. See, we bundle everything in Christian world and we just kind of put it in this box and say, okay, that's on my shelf and that's me as a Christian. But we sometimes just don't go into the words and say, what happened on the cross for me? What is it for mercy? You see, if we started to apply mercy, if I gave you a challenge this week, and I said, now this week, I want you to recognize mercy in your life, and I want you to give mercy in your life. Now, all of a sudden, we've taken it from just a a passage, and a sermon, and it was great, and I think Pastor Mark said something about mercy, and now we've had to apply it to our life. All of a sudden, you're thinking, "How, how would I apply mercy how would i recognize mercy see you're not recognizing it because you're not looking for it even in our christian lives we're not recognizing the things that god has done god is doing and god is about to do because we're not looking for it so it's important that we as born again believers understand what mercy is all about Amen. Lamentations 3 verses 21 and 23 tells us this. The reason I can still find hope is that I keep this one thing in mind. Wow. I mean, that's pretty powerful. One thing I'm keeping in my mind. The Lord's mercy. That passage is pretty powerful, don't you think? For something that we just treat as secondary and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, something about mercy. And there's a good song and there's a group called Mercy Me. But I never really thought about what all that means. Verse 22, the Lord's mercy. We are not completely wiped out. His compassion is never limited. It is new every morning. And His faithfulness is great. You know what that means to a sinner? That means that even though I fail, God is faithful. Even when I mess up, God is not ready to send a lightning bolt down to me, but he's willing to just kind of give me a hug and say, all right. Let's don't do this anymore, Mark. You see, when my son nature has grieved my heavenly father, I know that I've messed up. See, as a dad there have been times that I can just give a look to my kids and they know that I'm not happy with them. Right, Austin? Right, Ashland? Right, Auburn? You see, I didn't even have to say anything. We could be in a big group. Any parent in here kind of knows what I'm talking about. And there's times you're just like and they know something's wrong. See, sometimes we know when we have grieved God in our actions because we are spending time in His Word. We understand who He is. We are looking up His names in the Word of God to understand Him more. We're hungering more for Him than anything else in this world. And as we spend time in His Word, we start understanding who He is who we are because who He is and what we can do because who He is and how we can please Him because who He is, not because of who we are. You see? Come on, I'm preaching better than y'all are amen okay? That's truth right there. It's not based on you. It's based on Him. Amen. And I am so thankful that His mercy is new every morning. You may feel like you have lost it. You have messed up. You've gone the wrong direction. You have made wrong choices. You have met the wrong people. You have done things that you feel would never be forgiven. But the Word of God says that His mercy is new every morning. And great is His faithfulness that's encouraging to every one of us you see this is not the olympic games where you had one opportunity to get it right and you missed it by one one hundredth of a second Thank you, Lord. i am so thankful that i don't only have one choice with god or one chance with god to say you know what i'm gonna live my whole life and i'm gonna see if i can make it but i don't want to stand before saint peter and say oh Mark, you were one one hundredth of a second of making it in here. And let me just show you how great it is, okay? It's just awesome. But, and I'm just gone. You know, the floor drops out and I'm falling through the clouds. It's not that way. Okay, there are religions out there that will tell you, you got to knock on doors and you got to do this and you got to sell world's finest chocolate for the God. No, it's not through works. It is through grace and it is through mercy of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Thank you. But to receive this mercy, to receive this mercy, we have to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. 1 John 1, 9 tells me God is faithful and reliable. Man, I love that. Wouldn't you love to name your car faithful and reliable? Wouldn't you love to name your house faithful and reliable? Wouldn't you love to name your your spouse faithful and reliable? Wouldn't you just love to name your dog faithful and reliable? Wouldn't it be great to just name everything in your life faithful and reliable? Every friendship you have, you're faithful, you're reliable. We don't live in a very faithful and reliable world, but God is faithful faithful and reliable. And if we confess our sins, He forgives them and cleanses us from everything. Wait, does it say everything or some things? Everything that we've done wrong. You see, sometimes we get conditional on what we think God can forgive us. And it says that He's forgiven us. In order for us to walk daily with Him, we must confess our sins. Now, once again, do you remember that little Christian box that we put mercy in? We kind of put confession in that same box. Yeah, I confessed my sins many, many years ago at summer camp when I was a little child. But I don't really think that that confession thing's for me now. People don't really need to know anything about me. The Word of God tells us to confess our sins to each other. You know why? Because it gets it out in the open. It doesn't allow you to keep it a secret lifestyle. It allows people to help pray and keep you accountable. You see, oh, but if I confess it to someone, then they're going to put it on Facebook. Then you're confessing it to the wrong person. You need to find one of those faithful and reliable friends, okay? And they are out there. But what you do is when you are confessing and saying, you know what, I've really messed up this week. Would you pray with me? All of a sudden there becomes a vulnerability. And what God has been putting on my spirit is that he will build on humility. God will build on humility. But we're coming before him in our prayers with our pride. I can handle this. I can handle pornography. I can handle this. I can handle that. I can lie and cheat and steal, but as long as I just go on church on Sunday, I think everything's going to be okay. You think it's wrong, as the King James would say, okay? That's Mark's version. Confessing. Calling sin what it is. Sin. Oh, but, but, but nobody's preaching that anymore, Pastor Mark. We're, we're in this grace and transitional method now. No, sin is still sin, and sin will ruin your life. We have all kind of new terms out there, and we redefine it, and we call it by this new term, so it's not as bad as sin. But there's sin. There's sin in our life. And that's why I know that I can go before God at any time and say, Lord, I have messed up, and I ask for your forgiveness. Amen. Boom. It's just gone. Amen. And he knows what I'm talking about, and I know what he's talking about. But he wants us to come to him and ask for forgiveness. Stop covering up things in your life. Get them out. Expose them. Deal with them. I'm talking about things that we have packed away so many years ago. Bitterness to somebody. If I mention their name, all of a sudden, man, the hairs on your neck just stop up. There's something that we need to deal with. Because you're still walking in unforgiveness. You're still walking in bitterness. You're still waiting for revenge. If you saw them walking across the street, you're going full bore. This is the things that you have to deal with in your life. Because that is in your sin nature. We're talking about our son nature, Jesus Christ, the son in our lives. See, a lot of people have accepted Christ, but they're still walking in their old ways. They're still in their old nature. They're still their old self. I was thinking about Donnie this week because Donnie cuts my hair and Donnie hasn't been able to cut my hair for a couple weeks, so this is not... And he can't give me more hair, but he cuts what I have. Just a disclaimer for him, he's a really, really good stylist. But you know, Donnie can take a person, we could take a person off the street, and we can give him a full makeover. We can do his hair, we can get him a new suit, and we can put this person as a makeover in the suit. But if there's no change within his lifestyle, he's still the old person, just in a new suit. And then it dawned on me that God's the only person that can actually take a suit and put a new man into that suit. Because what He's done is He's changed our character. He's changed our life. He's changed our attitudes. He's changed the way we walk. We changed, he's changed the way we talk. He's changing the way we think. See, we're not walking in fear. We're walking in faith. We're walking in hope. We're not walking in despair. And that only comes from the inside out. You see, putting someone in a new suit doesn't make them a new Christian. It has to come from the inside out. But we focus on the outside in. So it's important that we understand God alone is the only one who can give second chances. It's important that we understand that your future is not determined by your past. Your future is not determined by what you used to be. Your future is not determined by what you used to do. Your future is determined by who Jesus Christ is. Your future is determined by what Jesus Christ has done. Your future is determined by what Jesus Christ is doing in your life right now. That is what mercy has done and brought in second chances. It's not anything that you've done. It's important that God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't hate one family and love another family. I have a main passage that I want to share with you today. And John, uh, uh, Scott's been sharing with us out of the book of John. It's chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. It's a very familiar passage, but let's look at this real quickly. John, chapter 8, verse 1 tells us this, "...and Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and early the next morning He returned to the temple courtyard, and all the people went to Him. And so He sat down and He began to preach, preach to them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught committing adultery." And they made her stand in front of everyone and asked Jesus, Teacher, we caught this woman in the act of adultery. In his teachings, Moses ordered us to stone this woman like, uh, like this to death. And that's in Leviticus 20, verse 10, if you want to take a note on that. And what do you say? Now, see, this was a trick question because what they were trying to say is, if he went against the teachings of Moses, then they could brand him a false prophet. But if he was to be able to to convert this, then he's basically going against Roman rule. So they got him in a situation. And verse 6 says this, They asked this to test him, and they wanted to find a reason to bring charges against him. So Jesus bent down and used his finger to write on the ground. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm telling you, one of the things I am going to find out when I go to heaven, if I can, is I'm going to ask somebody, what did he write? I have always wondered about that. One of my kids has incredible curiosity. And I know where it came from, right here, because I would love to know. And it's amazing, he started with the oldest and started working down through the youngest. I know there's a sermon in there somewhere. I'm still digging that one out. Okay, so he goes, uh, so Jesus bent down, used his finger to write on the ground. In verse 7, when they persisted in asking him questions... He straightened up and said, the person who is sinless should be the first to throw a stone at her. Now what Scott brought out two Tuesday nights ago was the only person standing in that group that was sinless was Jesus Christ. Right. Amen. Okay, do you realize this? Because everyone else had sin. And what he's saying is the only person who has no sin, go ahead, throw the first stone. In verse 8, then he bent down again and continued to write on the ground. This is where it gets good. This is man, if this were a movie, this is where we'd all be like, I gotta see that. Okay. Uh, one by one, beginning with the older men, the scribes and the Pharisees left. And Jesus was left alone with the woman. Then Jesus straightened up and asked her. I think this is a rhetorical question. <laughs> where did they go? He knew what he did. He scared those guys. I mean, they were probably running. Has anyone condemned you? And the woman answered, this is a good answer, no, sir. (laughs) No one, sir. And Jesus said, I don't condemn you either. So go, and from now on, don't sin. Now, did Jesus do the writing and save because the scribes and Pharisees literally pronounced a death sentence on her. She was caught in the act of adultery. And he's saying, go and don't sin anymore. Many of us are caught in the act of sin. And when we go before Christ, he's saying, go, but don't do it again. And even if we do go and we do that same thing again, he's willing to forgive us again and again and again and again because that is mercy. We have to understand mercy and not just throw it around as a Christian term. It's important that we understand what mercy did for us. Maybe there's someone out here today that has been discouraged because you failed in some area. Maybe you're confused because you've been walking in the wrong direction. Everything inside of you is saying, this is not the right way. I know this isn't right. This doesn't feel good. This is, there's something wrong about this, but you're confused and you don't want, you don't know what to do. This message is for you today because it's, the message is here to tell you that God is a God of second chances. You haven't gone too far away from God. And if you confess your sins to Him, He will be faithful and He is just to forgive you those sins. See, your game is not over. God is a God of second chances. God still has a plan for you. God still has a plan for your life. You see, the Bible is full of men and women who have received second chances. Man, I mean, every one of you are probably thinking of a different story right now where God allowed a second chance. To me, the one that pops out at the most is Peter. First, Peter's telling Christ the night that he's going to be betrayed. I'll I'll be with you forever, Lord. I just, man, we're just... You and me, we're buds, okay? If you had Facebook, I'd be hitting like, 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 like on everything that you say and do. Then within a couple hours, he's denying Christ and he's cursing his name. And he runs and he cries and he weeps because he knows that he just turned his back. But you know what's interesting about the Bible? 56 days later... Peter's preaching a gospel message for the very first time, and 3,000 people received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Something happened within that 56 days of denying him and cursing to going out and really being the first pulpit preacher and preaching the gospel, and 3,000 people responding. That is a God of second chances. You see, if people cursed and denied us three times, we'd write them off. We'd defriend them. We would separate ourselves from them. But aren't you glad that we're not God? Because He is full of grace and mercy. I want to let you know that the same God that gave Peter the second chance is willing to give you a second chance. And He's willing to restore you. You don't have to say, I feel defeated. I feel discouraged. God wants you back in the game. I want you also to know, if you ever ask this question, why did this happen to me? You will always stay defeated. Why did this happen to me? You will always stay defeated. Because you're dwelling more in the past of what instead of what Christ has done for you now there's sometimes I've gone through situations and what I've prayed is this God help me not to make those mistakes so I don't have to repeat this I want to grow and learn in you you are my source you are my strength you are my peace you are my hope you are my everything but there's so many people that live in the past So many people that just said, man, if I could have redid this, if I would have won that one football game, I would have gotten a scholarship. If I would have just scored better on my SATs, I could have gotten into this school. But you know what? God is a God of second chances. And He's willing to work with you where you are right now. God can come to your rescue. You don't have to go through life discouraged. You don't have to go through life confused. Because we serve a God of second chances. I'd like to give everyone in here an opportunity to make one of the most important decisions in your life. Would you all close your eyes, bow your heads, no one looking around? This is just a time between you and God. And this message today may have been to you. You felt like, I have messed up over and over and over again. How can anyone love me? How could God forgive me? He is a God of second chances. That is the message today, that he is a God of second chances. Whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in your workplace, whether it's in your school, whether it's in your social life, whether it's with your family, we all make mistakes, but God is a God of second chances. But it means coming to him in humility and saying, God, I need Jesus Christ in my life. And I want to give you that opportunity to say a very simple prayer with everyone here today. You won't be the only one saying this. But I know that the Holy Spirit is dealing with somebody's heart. Somebody today has been dealing with some past issues. And today is the day of your second chance. Would you all please repeat this prayer with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave to give me life. Please forgive me, change my life, fill me with the Holy Spirit, and I now confess Jesus Christ as my Savior and I am saved, amen. Now. If you said that for the very first time or you've given your life over to Christ many years ago and you just feel like you've separated yourself, today is a day of second chances. Do you remember earlier in this message I talked about mercy? I really want you to think about mercy this week. And I want you to recognize if you receive mercy in your workplace, on the highway, with your friends, with a family member... And I want you to write it down. I'd love for you to email it to me and say, Pastor Mark, I received mercy in this. Or I gave mercy in this. Because I think if we're not looking for it, we're not really recognizing it in our lives. So I'd love for you, if you experience mercy this week, I want you to let me know. I want to celebrate it with you. I want you to recognize it in your life. Because we serve a God that is full of mercy. I'd like to close the message today as I always do by speaking a blessing over you. So if you could please stand. I also want to remind the gentlemen we're going to be meeting Tuesday night. Great testimony. Great fellowship time. I want to encourage you. Also, we do need two or three host homes. We've got some great youth that have Basically, moving from, um, two from Germany and one from Uganda. And they're coming, God is sending them here to Arlington and Pantigo. And he's sending them to us. But we have to have a place for them. So I want to really challenge your heart. We've seen the videos. These are precious uh, kids. I still call them kids. I'm old enough now to call them kids. But I really would love for you to pray about whether you'd open your heart in your home to these three individuals. So may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. So go in his peace. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you so very much.